is the What Do We Do Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the What Do We Do Podcast. My name is Levi McCurdy, and this is episode 127. And uh, man, here we are back again. It's me, and it's just me. Just me this week, a solo episode. Listen, these last two weeks have been uh, upwards of uh, a little insane uh, with just the amount of clips the amount of content, the amount of guests. Uh, shout out once again to our guest, dude. I mean, show them some love. A round of applause for uh, my friend Jeff and uh, Felix for coming through the studio uh, these last two weeks. It was a blast. I mean, the, the conversations couldn't have been polar opposite of one another, but I am so... I, I loved it. I loved, I loved both of them. I loved the fact I loved everything that Jeff and I, and I talked about, and I loved everything that Felix and I talked about. And I, I, there's so many more clips to come. Uh, they're scheduled through Sunday as of right now. So we're going to have uh, a lot more clips coming there. I've got like 10 to 15 more scheduled, uh, and it's only going to, going to continue. So, um, shout out to those guys for coming through. They're going to definitely be back. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get him back maybe one more time this year. Uh, and you know, we've got, uh, we've got some other guests cooking. I got to get Los back in this spot. I got to get, um, I got to get a few other people in here, dude. I got to get Paul in here. I got to get Justin in here. I got to get, I have to have, I have, I have, uh, you know, we've got some conversations that need to be had on this podcast. So, uh, let's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun start to 2024. Uh, you know, I, I had three planned. It's fine. Uh, one canceled. No big deal. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it was good. It was good. It was good for me uh, to kind of, you know, get back into the flow of things, have a conversation with a human instead of just a screen, uh, you know, every once in a while. And so I, I really enjoyed their company and their time here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just great. It was a, it was a good time to have a guest. So let's check in. We're going to check in with the, uh, the current administration of the United States. Let's see how they're doing. My professor, uh, well, I won't get into my professor, (laughs) but look, my predecessor though, cost 10 bucks to make it. The beer brewed here, (laughs) it is used to make the brew beer in this refinery. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why he's talking. Uh, so uh, the the president of the United States is just is yelling in a brewery. This is what's happening now in the middle of the country, and this is where this is where um, this is where the president stands, and this is where his mental state is, and this is how uh, it's probably going to continue. I really hope that the Democrats don't think that he is going to survive the debate process. Uh, coming in the next few months, but we'll see. We'll certainly see how uh, how that gets handled. And then on the flip side of things, you know, we've got Vice President Kamala Harris ready to go. Listen, uh, I'll admit it right now. It took me a minute. It took me a little bit, three years to be exact. Here we are, election year. It's almost over for her. But it took me up until this point to fully understand who and what Kamala Harris is all about. Okay. And I listen, I didn't even think this was a possibility. I didn't think 
that I would be brought over to her side, okay? But after seeing this video, and I now fully understand where Kamala Harris is coming from, where she's been, and exactly the mental state she's in at any given time. I now fully am a full-blown fan of Kamala Harris. Not enough to vote for, you know, if she's, I don't know if she's running with Joe again or whatever they're doing. I No, I'm not going to do that. But from afar, from a distance on social media, with amongst my peers, I'm going to let them know I'm now a Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. I am now a Kamala Harris fan, um, you know, because, because of this, because of this exact video. And it's just, it's because of this that I now fully, I didn't get it before. I didn't understand before and I'm sorry. Now I fully understand and hopefully you can understand with me as well. I see our college students. Yeah, <laughs> And let me just tell you, I love Gen Z. I don't know if something, you know, I love Gen Z. <laughs> so, okay, for the older adults, this is going to be a humbling thing I'm about to share with you. If someone is 18 years old today, they were born in 2005. <laughs> oh, yeah, check that out. Think about that for Can a you believe it? Can you believe, guys? Can you believe it? If someone today is 18... If you do the math, they were born in 2005. How funny is that? And literally not a single person other than Kamala in the room laughed. So listen, she's clearly stoned out of her goddamn mind. It could not be more clear to me now, and I couldn't be a bigger fan. Kamala Harris showing up stones, stoned to these events is, is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. The fact that the vice president of the United States has ingested and some type of form of THC might be Delta, I don't know, but she's most likely in some form intoxicated here when she is now going to the events, okay? And like, let's be honest, okay, let's break this down. We'll figure it out. By the way, she's not... She's not smoking flour, okay? Because the people around her at the event, the organizers, they'd smell it. And so that is a little risky. You don't want the vice president smelling like flour, okay? Uh, maybe vape, okay? Uh, maybe a few gummies. Kamala Harris is probably a gummies girl. Um, and that's probably, probably her MO, right? Pop a few gummies an hour, two hours before you have to go to the speaking event. And then we come out the gate swinging. Okay. And look, this, here's the evidence. Cause you know, we don't just, we can't make up the claims. There's gotta be a little bit of evidence here. Okay. Uh, let's look at the facts. Um, here's an example of Kamala Harris sober talking about the same topic. What else do we know about this population? 18 through 24. They are stupid. <laughs> that is why we put them in dormitories and they have a resident assistant. They make really bad decisions. So, this is obviously our vice president sober, and these are her actual talking points that she's probably reading off the teleprompter. The, the whole like, this is why they're in dormitories. 
is probably like her own comical spin on it, right? This is her sober. This is maybe year one when she knew she had to probably make a good impression, uh, you know, for to the president of the United States and the administration and everything else she was doing. Now that we're three to four years in and it's election year, it's like, it, it's game off, baby. Give, give, give mommy some pills. Give me a few gummies and let's go. What's this event for? I don't even know. And then we hit the stage. It, it's very, very, very interesting. I love it. I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a complete, I'm a complete fan. Is And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit because I've been on this podcast plenty of times, you know, you know, shitting on whoever, you know, we just, they say what it's their memeable moments. Everything from the president and the vice president in the last three years has been just a memeable moment. Like you can't disagree with that. Uh, and so I, I honestly think every politician should be stoned. I think every politician should take anywhere from 300 to 3000 milligrams of THC two to three hours before their event and then show up and see what happens. See what happens, you know? So that was clearly her sober and you know, it's, it's the same topic. You can't really, it's, you can't go from calling Gen Z and the teenagers dumb and like, you know, they don't know anything. This is why we put them in dormitories with assistance. So they don't escape, you know, the system. It, it's, 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 these are her real thoughts now. She loves the teenagers. And by the way, she's pulling out all the facts. Because this is what happens. When your vice president of the United States, it's a stressful job. You're stressed. You know what I mean? You don't, you're tired. This is your 800th event this year that you have to go to and speak and do the same message over and over and over and over again. We're here for you. We, we're going to make your dreams come true. Look at what we've done so far. President Biden's the best. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Let's do it. But when you just need to take the edge off, right? Pop one, pop two gummies, let it kick in, okay? You know, she probably hasn't eaten yet today. Kamala Harris is probably the type of lady who doesn't eat till like three or four in the afternoon, you know, the whole fasting, whatever. And so you pop one or two gummies, boom, bam, it pops in quicker because you haven't eaten yet today and you're good to go. Bang, she's ready, okay? She gets ready take the stage, all of a sudden the edibles kick in and she feels it. Stoners, you know exactly what I mean. And she's on cloud 10. She's on cloud 10. She's beyond cloud nine. She is on cloud 10. She walks on stage, mic in hand, ready to rock. Her assistant, uh, you know, her assistant tells her 10 times, follow the cue cards. Madam Vice President, look at me, look at me. Madam Vice President, look at me in the eyes right now. What are we going to do? Repeat after me. Follow the cue cards. Madam Vice President, what are we going to do? Follow the cue cards. And then she says it three times. And then Kamala has to repeat it back to her three times. And then, you know, like you have to, Kamala, what are we not going to do? Go off script. What are we not going to do? Go off script. And then we have to say that three times to her to make sure that she fully knows exactly what she's going to do and exactly what she's not going to do. They do the same thing with Biden. And every single time, this is what happens, right? She walks out and like she gets a three, a two, one. Madam Vice President, you're on. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yo, what up, Gen Z in the balcony? What's everyone doing up there? We love Gen Z. Hearts, hearts to the Gen Zers. 
up in the balcony. Uh, listen, folks, we love the Gen Zers here. They're the best. They're the best. I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a generation better than Gen Z. Am I right? And hey, listen, now this, this, for some of you in the room, this is going to be, uh, this, oh man, this is going to be a doozy. Are you ready for this one? Listen, these Gen Zers up here in the balcony that we love, hearts, babe. I know. Hey, I, okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the love. And so listen, so if these Gen Zers, if they're 18, right, if they're 18 years old, just got their ability to vote, just got their ability to make pretty much almost everything, but one to two choices in their life, uh, you know, they're pretty much citizens at this point. We're giving them the reins. Those guys, they were born in 2005. Can you believe it? And so she's expecting this audience who's clearly a few college students and the rest are like professionals who are in their 45 to 65 age range. Uh, they all go, <gasps> there's a gas. There's a freaking gasp in the room and it couldn't be more of just, uh, it, you know, it couldn't be more of an amazing moment. And it just goes to further prove the point as to of why I am now a fan of Kamala Harris. I, I, I love it. I would, I want nothing more. One of my now new dreams, one of my now life accomplishments that I would love to accomplish is to be in a blunt rotation circle with Andrew Tate, Snoop Dogg, Kamala Harris, and Ryan Reynolds. Because the higher we get, the more of the Deadpool costume Ryan Reynolds is going to get on. And then eventually by the end of the night, we're all going to be method acting in the middle of the living room scenes from Deadpool four. And like, he'll remember that. And when they actually go to film Deadpool four in like two to three years, he'll call us all back to be in the movie. And then that'll be like our big break. You know what I mean? So that'd just be, that'd be a dream come true. Now Kamala is definitely invited. Uh, because if this is what she gets, which is a few, you know, gummies in the hit of the Pax pen, uh, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good for everybody. Um, you know, and as, as, as embarrassed as I am, uh, I just, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I hope she keeps it up. I hope she continues to go to these events, uh, you know, stoned or otherwise, you know? Uh, so the, uh, internet, the internet and society of America, uh, is, is seconds away from crumbling. Okay. Uh, and not because, you know, of, of anything that's going on in the middle East, but everything that's happening here now in America, American problems. That's what we're talking about today only is American problems. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a damn Barbie movie. And so it's Barbie gate and I don't know what to make of it, but it seems as if every single other person on the planet needs to, and has been required to, uh, give their opinion. So I'm going to give mine on the fact of the matter. So here's the issue for those of you who aren't paying attention. Uh, the Academy Awards are happening. The Golden Gloves, the Grant, like all the, you know, whatever. I don't know the exact names of them. Joe Coy just messed up a whole show, like the whole thing, right? The Academy Awards. 
and the nominations are out and our beloved, our beloved beauty boy, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, the hunk, the nicest man on the planet was nominated for best supporting actor and for his role as Ken. When that happened, first of all, uh, I'm pretty sure him and everyone else was in shock. Second of all, um, everyone else on the cast almost would have assumed or bet and put their money on that if Ryan was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his role as Ken in the Barbie movie, then not only would the director of the movie probably be nominated for Best Director of the Barbie movie, Margot Robbie, America's Sweetheart, would also be nominated for Lead Actress of the Barbie movie. And so when we got the news from the Academy, uh, it was a quick swift of justice to let us know that neither the director, uh, her name is, what is her name? What is the director of the Barbie movie? Um, I wrote it down. Here we go. Greta Gearwig. Yes. So, uh, Greta Gearwig, no nomination. Greta Gearwig, no nomination for the Barbie movie Best Director. And, of course, Margot Robbie, no nomination for Best Lead Actress for the Barbie movie. And so, um, and so naturally, the movie, listen, the movie's called Barbie. The girl who plays Barbie should have been nominated for the awards. It's just the overall consensus and general thinking of 99.3% of the American people. And so, uh, you know, why is Barbie not winning the awards? Well, I don't know. So, so here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's a, here's a potential take. Here's an opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. Same way I take all your shitty and terrible and very, very mean and hateful YouTube comments. But Ryan Gosling was a supporting role. And at the end of the day, supporting roles are easier. And now whether he chose, he, and that's probably like part of the reason why he chose this role. Like his team went to him and said, hey, we could either do this movie as a lead uh, and, you know, we could have a chance or we could do this movie as a supporting role next to Margot and we could have a chance to do this. And it would be a little bit easier for you. You don't have to have, you know, much lines. You have to do this, this and that. And like, we might be able to slide in that supporting, you know, uh, actor nomination, a come Academy Award time. And, uh, they did that. And so whether it was on purpose or by design or on accident, uh, it just happened. And so it's just, you know, it was easier for him. Uh, and so now in the mix of, you know, uh, in the mix of, of waiting for everyone, every celebrity and influencer and actor and actress and director and producer in Hollywood to respond to this news. Um, you know, how will Ryan react? How has Ryan responded 
to the news of Margot uh, getting snubbed. And of course, I, I'm pretty sure he sent her flowers. He posted a message on Instagram. We don't care about that today. What we care about is the response that matters. And the only response that matters is coming from what better person, okay? None other than the stepmother of America to have an opinion on who got nominated for an Academy Award for the Barbie movie other than uh, ex-Madam Vice President, I don't know her actual official title, Hillary Clinton. And so Hillary has responded to the news. And you know that on this podcast, it's what we're about. The What Are We Doing podcast doesn't report on anything other than extremely important news. And how we find that news is through a handful of sources. And at the top of that source list is Hillary Clinton. And so uh, Hillary took to her vast social media accounts and just let the people of America, the world, the cast, the directors, Margot, Ryan, everyone know how she felt about the news breaking that they didn't get the nomination. The voice of reason, I mean, really is honestly, is honestly what it is. It's Hillary Clinton's Instagram. And of course, we've got none other than uh, uh, an image with text on it. This is what we have. We didn't put a cap. It's great. It's fine. Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office, but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than Kenuff. Eh. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. I love it. Hashtag, like how many people are going to use hashtag Hillary Barbie? I mean, besides like the three or four girls named Hillary that we went to high school with that like, you know, live down the street with, with their third husband, but hashtag Hillary Barbie. It's fine. And you know what else is great about Hillary's uh, Instagram page, by the way, like the top comments, thanks to the algorithm of Instagram that's completely broken now in 2024, the top comment on this Barbie movie post that it, whether Hillary put it out or not, or her team, or I don't know, uh, maybe the top comment is utterly insane and has absolutely nothing to do with. So you're more concerned about two rich white women not being awarded the millions of women in Gaza who have no uh, menstrual products and are giving birth in the middle of the street? This is what you care about? God damn it, Hillary Clinton. Like, you know what I mean? And this is really, honestly, this is why we need someone like Donald Trump back in the office as president. I'm just... <laughs> ah, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's the voice of reason. So listen, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's, it's what the Academy wanted. This is exactly what the Academy Awards Association and whatever third-party company they hire to handle these situations wanted to happen, okay? You think, you think that entire mess that Joy, uh, Joe Coy did a few weeks ago, 
you think they were just going to let that stand and that was going to be their like their final straw? Like, all right, yeah, we'll just try to sweep that under. No, no, no. As soon as that whole thing failed, as soon as Joe Coy pulled the trigger on the bomb that was that show, they had to go directly back to the whiteboard and pull out any other viral idea that they could find. Okay, so now that the writers are back in the writer's room and we've got the budget back in mind and we've got everything taken care of and all the dust is settled from all the protest and the riot and the picketing over the summer, now that that's all done and we're only using a little bit of AI, uh, we, we've we got a team back. And so we're now just trying to come up with what ideas will go viral? How can we fabricate this show? How can we write the monologue? How can we, how can we, how can we cast the nominees? How can we not cast certain nominees? They plan every step of the way. Okay. So, you know, why not look at the list of options and you go, I wonder what would shock the American people the most. Uh, I don't know what, what would happen. I wonder, Hey guys, Hey, I have an idea. Hey, I have an idea. What would happen? Hear me out. I know I'm just an intern, but hear me out. What would happen if we took, what, what was the highest, like, what was the best movie this, like, what, what are we, what, what's the buzz movie this year? Barbie. Was it Barbie? And was it Ryan? Was Ryan Gosling nominated? Guys, listen, I got it. What if that movie, everyone seemed to love it, right? Despite, you know, the patriarchy of it all and blah, 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 blah. You know how that was kind of ironic, the whole thing. What if we took that whole meta and brought it 360 and fucked up the actual patriarchy and let Ryan keep the nomination because he's a man and totally snub it from Margot and Greta. You know what I mean? Snub the nomination from Margot Robbie, you jackass. The sweetest, nicest, most considerablest, most precious human being on the goddamn planet. I mean, have you ever been in love? Yep. Was it good or bad? Awfully painful. <laughs> Terrifying. You want to hug her. You want to give her a brand new hug, and you never want to let go because it's Margot Robbie. Look, we covered her over the summer last year. Uh, some F boys on Reddit decided to call her mid. Like we we tried to pin her up as this. Like, like don't don't bring her down. Okay, listen, she's America's sweetheart, right up there next with Taylor Swift. And friggin' Elizabeth Banks. They're the three blonde bombshells of America. Taylor Swift, Elizabeth Banks, and Margot Robbie. I know that Margot Robbie's from Australia, but it doesn't matter. She's here now. She's one of the three blonde bombshells. I just made that up on a whim, and I kind of like it. We'll probably clip it. And so I, that's my rep. You know what? There you go. That's the What Are We Doing podcast, Mount Rushmore. Margot Robbie, Taylor Swift, and Elizabeth Banks. Now listen, am I saying that they're the three most attractive women in Hollywood or entertainment industry? No, I get that. Trust me. If we were talking that list, it'd be completely different. We've covered that on this podcast plenty of times. All I'm saying is overall picture, 
looks are definitely within the algorithm and considered when scoring. But when it comes down to it, uh, they're just, you know, overall, they win the pageant. They had the best answers, the resume, the percentage of cancellation, uh, and everything else that they absolutely stand for. Taylor Swift, Elizabeth Banks, and Margot Robbie. And for the people who don't give them everything that they've ever wanted, okay, look, Elizabeth Banks, she's gotten everything she's ever wanted. She wanted to host the game show. She got it. She wanted to do the movies. She got them. She wanted to direct in them. She got them. She wanted to act in them. She got it. She's doing whatever she wants to do. And then these assholes come along and they yank it away from Margot and we're not standing for it. So we're going to keep making noise and we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep this campaign going. You know what I mean? It's not my last phone call to your supervisor. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, you know, best director, best lead, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy, uh, that that is, uh, and it's unfortunate, but I guess that's just the way it is. I don't think they can change their mind. Can they, I don't think they can. Right. So if they can't change their mind, then I don't really know where you go from there. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the, what are we doing podcast is brought to you by our friends at blue chew. Listen, For 2024, you fellas got to get chewing because there's nothing more that your significant other is going to love than a fulfilled, sexy time in and out of the bedroom. Listen, whether it's a a fresh start to your morning or an end to an amazing night, Blue Chew has got your back. They're easy, chewable, delicious little tablets that you pop Uh, 30 to 45 minutes before you're ready to go and you're in for the time of your life. And they've extended their offer through the holiday season now for the new year. So you can fulfill your new year's resolution to, uh, you know, fuck her more. And that's exactly what you got to do with blue chew. Listen, you're going to go to wadpod.com backslash blue W a W D P O D.com backslash B L U E and you are going to get your first active pack. That's a six pack of Blue Chew. That's six nights of enjoyment on us for free. The Wad Pod has got you covered, okay? I'm taking care of the bill for our brand new customers. If you go to wadpod.com backslash blue, you'll get your first active order for free. And if you need a little bit more than that, if you're thinking, hey man, six isn't gonna cut it for the first round, bump it up to the busy plan, bump it up to the popular plan, bump it up to the pro plan if you're feeling risky and that promo code's still gonna get you $20 off your first order, okay? Blue Chew uh, uses the same ingredients uh, that is in uh, Viagra and Cialis and it helps men and WadPod listeners alike uh, you know, pretty much show their uh, significant other a pretty good time. So listen, if you're trying to make it happen in 2024, that New Year's resolution is to have more sex all the time, you're going to want to go to wadpod.com backslash blue. Listen, it's an adult show, okay? It's not for kids. Listen, I'm talking to you now. If you need it, you got to spice it up, wadpod.com backslash blue. Get it done. Back to the show. All right, dude, I love it when we get to have these segments. It's the Pennsylvania News of the Week, okay? And honestly, our prerequisite for Pennsylvania News of the Week has now gone up in 2024 because you know what? 
It's TMZ, baby. Okay. How for you know, you know, it's a killer awesome story when TMZ covers some central, maybe a little further uh, east, uh, you know, than, than central Pennsylvania news. You know what I mean? When TMZ picks up a Pennsylvania story, you know it's got to be a juicy one. So the Pennsylvania news of the week, listen, we're not talking about, uh, you know, like an ABC 27 Facebook article that's four days old already because that's how long it takes them to get the news and then post it on social. Uh, I'm talking Britney Spears gets kicked out of the hotel because she was topless in the swimming pool, TMZ type of story. Okay, we're back. It's TMZ, baby. So listen, uh, Pennsylvania TMZ story. Where is my TMZ story? Pennsylvania murder. Oh boy. Great. Finally, hopefully, listen, hopefully this is a perfect story and a good enough reason for Megs to actually listen to my podcast. Uh, because she doesn't, but you know what podcast she does listen to the serial murder, crime junkie, whatever one jury app that she pays $5 a month for. So she gets the episodes early. So she knows who did it before everyone else did. Every girl on the planet loves it. So here we go. Murder mystery, Pennsylvania murder. Dun, dun, dun. Man kills neighbor over snoring. Love it. Charged with murder. Charged. Damn it. You know, dude, listen, I mean, just based on the title alone, based on the title alone, it, it, it makes sense, okay? Listen, does Megs sleep in another bed in another bedroom in our house from time to time? Yes. Why? Because I snore and it wakes her up. And so instead of sacrificing her sleep and not getting a good night's sleep, uh, she, uh, you know, goes to the other bedroom. It's fine. We have a spare bedroom. There's a bed in there. She sleeps on it. We're not getting intimate from 1 a.m. to freaking, you know, whenever we wake up the next morning, it's going to be okay. We'll see each other in the morning, kiss, do whatever we need to do. We still love each other. It's okay. I think there was a celebrity it was just in the news that was like normalized sleeping in separate beds as married couples. It's fine, dude. It doesn't happen all the time. We wake up, we wake up in the same bed all the time. Like it's fine. But like sometimes because I'm snoring or whatever else happens, she goes to the other bedroom. So the whole thing, I get it. She's wanted to, you know, stab me a few times. A Pennsylvania man is dead because his loud snoring kept waking up his fed-up neighbor who stabbed him to death to get him to stop. It's one way. That's one way to do it. Honestly, that's one way to do it. I mean, there's like the strips, there's pillows, there's sleep apnea machines, uh, medication. You could try like soundproofing your trailer. You could do like whatever. There's, there's a magnitude of things that you could do to prevent yourself from hearing your next door neighbor snoring. Uh, but in that list, I'm pretty sure half, like halfway down, 
stabbed to death is definitely an option. And I get, I mean, I get like, if you, if you tried like one through 47 and then number 48 was stab your neighbor to get them to stop snoring and then it worked. Well, fuck. I mean, Hey, then you don't got to do the rest of the list, you know, whatever. The bizarre real-life tale began last Saturday evening in Upper Moreland Township. It's just right outside of Philadelphia, King of Prussia area, uh, where police responded to the home of Christopher Casey after receiving a 911 call from him to report a stabbing. Ah, isn't he an adorable man? Ladies, you can write him in prison. Let's make Christopher Casey our next Gypsy Rose. Okay. When Christopher Casey gets out, because listen, he's not going to get a good night's sleep in jail. It's just rowdy. It's loud. There's people yelling, people getting attacked. Like there's also guards banging on stuff, like running their sticks across the bars. Like you don't get sleep in jail. You know what I mean? Like it's probably loud in there. So, or maybe not. I don't know. Let me know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have to tell you to, you're going to do it anyways. You cuties. Uh, but listen, so let's, when, when Christopher Casey gets out of jail, Let's, let's do, let's spin up the whole Gypsy Rose campaign. Let's get him a lifetime documentary. Let's get him a book deal. Let's maybe get him a, you know what? Let's not do lifetime. Let's let Gypsy have lifetime. Let's do this guy. Christopher Casey looks like the next making a murderer, Tiger King. Like, you know what I mean? That three-year renaissance. Every three years at Netflix, we have to have a trailer park renaissance, right? Like first it was literally the trailer park boys. They were our viral moment. Then like, you know what I mean? We had, uh, um, uh, the, the tiger King, right? Uh, then, uh, we had, uh, there was just, uh, there was just another freaking one. I just had in my mind and now it's gone. Um, you know, Oh, Oh, Stephen Avery making a murderer. We had Stephen Avery making a murderer every like two to three years, we get a viral season one of a white man from a trailer park in America on Netflix. And I think Christopher Casey needs to be it. Listen, this is my story. This is mine. This is my story. Okay. I know TMZ covered it, but taking it to Netflix, I want the IP. I want the IP rights. I'm saying it right now. This will be state. This will be dated as soon as I upload it. I want the IP. I want the intellectual property rights to make this film. I want Paul and myself and his friends to direct it and produce it. And I want to make the story of the show or the three-part docuseries about Christopher Casey and how he stabbed his neighbor for snoring in the small Pennsylvania town that consists of uh, 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 a cracker barrel and a jiffy lube. And, and that's, and that's just about it. And then that's pretty much the township that they live in. And so, uh, you know, I want it, I'm going to Netflix. I'm selling it right now. I want to make the Netflix mini doc for the Christopher Casey snoring, stabbing your neighbor story, because I believe it to be the next viral white male trailer park, Netflix docuseries. Yes or yes. Am I right or am I right? You tell, you can't tell me making a murderer, Tiger King. You can't tell me that every few years it's the same. I want the Christopher Casey story. 
When they arrived, the cops discovered that Casey's neighbor, Robert Wallace, about 50 feet from the house with two knife wounds in his body, Casey also had been stabbed in the right thigh. Police found blood inside and outside the residence. Okay, so Robert Wallace, RIP, unfortunately, is the man who uh, was snoring that Casey stabbed. And so uh, only twice, by the way, which I respect, which is another reason why I want to do the Christopher Casey story on Netflix. I want this story and I want the rights. Uh, if, if someone else wants to make it, fine. Just give me 10% of whatever the Netflix check is. Just, you know what I mean? Because he only stabbed him twice. And in all these murder mystery podcasts and like serial and wondering and all this, you know, mis- murder of the week from 1975. We now have DNA, you know, DJ freeze. We got the DNA from a cup, from a wedding, like crazy Like we went to church with DJ freeze insane, like kind of murder mystery podcast. They're always stabbed 27, 37, 46 times in the chest. Like someone is always stabbed an aggressive amount for like a human being. Like, how do you like stab someone 30 times, 30 times they were dead after two. What'd you do the other 28 for? You had, you know, both men were rushed to a local hospital. Okay, so wait, Robert didn't die on the scene. Robert's still alive. Holy shit, the two stabs didn't kill him. It, shit, now I gotta take back what I said. He should have done, he should have stabbed him 28 times and he would have, I guess. Okay, uh, both men were rushed to a local hospital where Wallace died and Casey was treated for his non-life-threatening injury to the stab to his thigh and investigators were able to piece together what Wallace went over to Casey's room that night, stepped onto his porch to uh, detach a screen from one of his windows, of course. Um, And then once he removed the screen, um, Casey, who was eating dinner, was somehow alerted uh, and confronted by Wallace getting into the heated argument. During the verbal altercation, Casey produced a military-style knife, plunging the blade into Wallace twice. It was not clear how Casey suffered his wound, uh, but police recovered the knife at the crime of the scene. So he didn't even kill... He didn't even stab him in his sleep. He stabbed him because he knew he wasn't going to get a good night's sleep from all the nights prior. So he went over there not planning to stab him. That... Another reason we should give him a docuseries. He, the intent wasn't originally there, but you know what I mean? One thing led to another case. You know, he interrupted his dinner and I'll tell you what, when Megs and I are downstairs eating dinner, this is no bullshit. When Megs and I are downstairs eating dinner, uh, we're eating and I'm watching, uh, pressure luck starring favorite female host, Elizabeth Banks. And so if someone came to me with that kind of problem in the middle of my dinner, watching my show, I'd probably get in their face too. I'd probably get up all around them about it because you know, it's what, what do you, I'm trying to eat. I got four tacos on my plate. Elizabeth Banks is on my screen. She looks good this week because of what wardrobe picked out for her. Her hair looks real nice. And like people were winning big. We're not getting whammies and it's a good episode. 
And you're coming in here with problems? You're bringing pro- about my snoring, my sleeping patterns? Shut the fuck up. Get out of my house. And then boom, bam, I'm stabbed twice. And now I'm pissed. And then I die in the hospital. Poor Casey, RIP. Perhaps the most stunning element of the story uh, came when detectives learned the motive behind the attack. The neighbors have been involved in an ongoing beef over Casey's loud snoring, which could be heard through a wall shared by their connected homes. Okay, now we've got it all figured out. They've got townhouse just like this. Oh, great. So it could even, this could now even more happen to me because I've got neighbors on both sides of me right now. And I know for a fact that where my neighbor's bed beside me is, is exactly where my bed is. So if the same situation has occurred because they built these townhouses so cheaply back in 2016, uh, I could have my neighbor coming in and, you know, getting into an altercation with me and stabbing me three times because he doesn't like my snoring that he can hear through the wall. Damn it, dude. Now I got to put like sound panels up in the bedroom or something. More money we got to spend. Great. Great. Montgomery County District Attorney Stephen, uh, Stephen, Kevin Steele and Casey, uh, said that Casey was arrested Thursday and charged with third degree murder, voluntary manslaughter and possession of, uh, an instrument of crime for the knife. Casey uh, is currently in custody by being held on a $1 million cash bail. And something tells me he has nowhere close to the hundred thousand dollars that he needs to get out on that million if uh they're letting him out on 10. so uh it's you know wow wow so uh just let that be a lesson to you folks if you know listen fellas honestly listen if your girl has ever complained about you snoring in the middle of the night like babe you keep waking me up with all your snoring don't think for a second that she's not doesn't have it in her to just you know stab you a few times just so you shut the fuck up for a few hours. You know what I mean? Let alone your next door neighbor. I swear to God, if one of my neighbors ends up stabbing me, I'm suing the shit out of the H. That'll be the last straw. The HOA, they they somehow have to be responsible. I don't know how I'll spin it, but that'll be the way. That I finally get myself disbanded from this stupid HOA. They raised the fee again this year, which is besides the point, but it's fine. Let that be a lesson. You know, get control of your snoring. If you're like asleep on your back, like maybe roll over, get a pillow that helps you do that or something. Like, you know, you don't want to get stabbed. So I thought this story was pretty crazy uh, and wild. And it just, it has layers and layers and layers and layers. And I just, I really wanted to really wanted to break it down and get into it. So long time running magazine publication, sports illustrated. We all know sports illustrated, whether you're a sports guy or whether you're a swimsuit edition guy, either way, everyone in the brothers heard of sports illustrated. Well, they just pretty much fired their entire staff. Uh, they're gone now. They, they, uh, everyone pretty much got fired much like a lot of other Silicon Valley and tech companies and companies that were involved in recent mergers, uh, lately, uh, a lot of people, uh, from these multi-billion dollar corporations are experiencing layoffs. It's unfortunate. Um, and it has unfortunately hit home, but it's just where we're at. So everyone at sports illustrated, uh, recently just got let go. Um, 
Like, you know, it didn't matter how long they've been there. Didn't matter uh, what their job was, what their title, their ranking, whatever. Uh, almost all of them just got fired uh, in one Zoom call. Essentially, everyone got the mass invite to join Zoom. They've got a pro account. Don't worry, they can handle it. And so they just, they said, hey, it's over. You're all fired until further notice. Um, and so essentially it just kind of, uh, you know, I, I we uh, upon our research of trying to figure out why and looking into Sports Illustrated here at the What Are We Doing podcast studios, because that's what we do every single week, uh, we discovered some things. And it essentially led us down a rabbit hole that led us to the epiphany of the fact that uh, the American economy is just backed on like pyramid scheme, backed by business, backed by a business, backed by one major business. And like, you know, we all know it, but it essentially comes back down to the fact that like three major corporations in this country own everything. And it's just like run by like three people, literally. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, so so the company that ran Sports Illustrated, uh, and notice there I said ran Sports Illustrated, not owned Sports Illustrated. The company that ran it uh, was called the Arena Group. And so the Arena Group uh, basically was, um, they were leasing the name. They were leasing the name and the business, Sports Illustrated, the brand, the global conglomerate, the arena group was paying a monthly or yearly fee, just like a subscription, just like Netflix. They were paying to use sports illustrated as their business. Uh, and they were running it. And so they were paying like a franchise fee every month, every year, every quarter, whatever the, the contract, whatever the stipulations were, we didn't actually read the contract, but we know a little bit about it. And so they licensed it, uh, from the, another company called authentic brands group. So we have, uh, the arena group licensing sports illustrated from the authentic brands group LLC. So stick with me. Okay. Um, and so they recently missed a $3.75 million, almost $4 million payment. And so according to the contract that the arena group has with authentic brands, uh, it, clearly just states in black and white that if you miss uh, a payment upwards of $4 million, you now legally binding bound by the courts and this contract owe us $45 million as a fee, as a, as a breach of contract. They, they, by missing this $4 million leasing payment, they didn't make their payment on the Tesla. So now daddy Elon's coming to collect. And so he doesn't just want his 4 million. He wants to 10 exit. That's what the contract said. I don't know who writes contracts like that, but hopefully I never have to sign one insane dude. And so now the sports illustrated, uh, sports illustrated upper management's like, wow, we can't afford for a $40 million fine because we have $40 million in salaries to cover next week. And so they called everyone into zoom and said, Hey, you're all fired. And so, um, you know, uh, so then we looked into the authentic brands group because it sounds like they're a bunch of gangsters because if they have contracts, uh, for like breach of contract for 45 million with the arena group, they probably have contracts like that with 
other companies, and they're probably a mass conglomerate that owns uh, other things. So we looked into Authentic Brands LLC, and you'll never guess what we found, right? Because I had never heard of them. <clears throat> I've never heard of them. Most people haven't. Who? I mean, who? Like probably 1% one, 1 of the population, you've never heard of Authentic Brands. So we started looking into it, and apparently Authentic Brands owns like 50-plus other well-known companies. Not only Sports Illustrated, but pretty much what's left of most of the shopping malls in America. Like what's left of the York Galleria Mall, like Authentic Brands pretty much just owns. And the you know what I mean? Because like, you know, the gym is just the gym. That's its own thing. They're probably just renting that space. And then the casino, of course, just makes infinite amount of money. So they their rent is pretty much non-existent. They make that in about two minutes. And so uh, what's left of the mall is pretty much authentic brands. Ready for this? This is what they own. Reebok, the shoe company. Forever 21, the store. Tap Out, Brooks Brothers, Nautica, Nine West, DC Shoes, Lucky Brand, Izod, Airwalks, Eddie Bauer, Air Apostle. We were just in Air Apostle the other day. Hey, Airy, Air Apostle, like Meg shops at, hey, ladies, listen, listen. They've pulled the wall over us once again, okay? As we were teenagers, right? As we were teenagers, us millennials would go to the mall and every other week, Air Apostle was going out of business. They were having a going out of business sale and everything was 50 to 80 to 90% off every week. And that was their marketing ploy. And then as us millennials and teenagers grew and became older into our 20s, we realized, A, this clothing is, eh, it's kind of mid now. Like it really kind of went out of style a little bit. And B, it's always 60 to 80% off and they're always going out of business. So we get the sham, we're over it. So then Air Apostle flipped it again and just took all of their inventory and maybe modified it a smidge, maybe half of it, whatever wasn't selling, maybe a little bit over here, a little bit over here, rebranded, which was just essentially half of the brand to begin with. And now we have Airy where, you know, and hey, by the way, fellas, we're out. So it's just, you know, female with the tank tops and the sports bras and the oversized shirts and the underwears. And it's like Air Apostle's back now. And guess what? Authentic Brands owns you bitches. So uh, not only do they own Air Apostle, but they also own the estate of Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, and Marilyn Monroe, so arguably three of like the most iconic people of all time. Like there's a few other ones, but of course those estates are owned by other people. Uh, and hey, dude, they also own the likeliness. They own the likeliness of Shaquille O'Neal. They own Shaq's face. They manage and own the likeliness of Shaquille O'Neal, Authentic Brands, LLC. They manage Shaq's face an air apostle. Like what, you know, I'm surprised Shaq hasn't been in an air apostle commercial. And then I'm pretty sure, I mean, like, dude, authentic brands, authentic brands group. I'm pretty sure they themselves are then just then owned 
uh, by two or three. Uh, or no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Authentic Brands LLC then is uh, is then owned themselves by two massive private equity companies, the CBC Capital Partners and HBS Investment Partners LLC. So, and then those guys, I'm pretty sure, are owned by BlackRock, who owns like every property in America. So that's America. That's the patriarchy. That's the pyramid scheme. And that's where we're at. From the very bottom, us pawn scum buying overpriced t-shirts at Air Apostle all the way up the top to, uh, to, you know, Blackstone and the United States government and our politicians not being able to get through two sentences without seeming as if that they just took a massive dose of drugs and or suffered from a massive, massive heart attack while simultaneously having brain cancer. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. My name is Levi McCurdy. This has been another episode of the What Do We Doing podcast. Please, if you haven't done so already, check out those guest episodes that we dropped these last two weeks. Clips are still going up uh, this weekend and throughout uh, the next week or so. Um, and uh, be sure to check us out on all socials. It's wadpod.com backslash links, L-I-N-K-S, for everything you need to watch, support, follow, and listen to this podcast. Uh, and if you want to support us uh, in, in financial ways and get yourself a little something else on the side, we've got a few uh, business hustles uh, and announcements coming soon on this podcast. New podcasts are being announced soon. Uh, new products of mine are coming soon. New businesses are getting launched here very, very soon. Um, and we're working on some projects with some other friends as well. Check out our friends over at Gel Blaster. That promo is still going on. Look, Christmas is over, but dude, get yourself a Gel Blaster. Wadpod.com backslash blaster. You're going to get like 20% off your order. Uh, and you and your kids are going to love it. You're going to have a blast. They're eco-friendly. The, the, the gel beads are biodegradable. Go outside, shoot each other. Have fun. Uh, you know, while the weather is, uh, the snow's over now in Pennsylvania, we're done snow. It's t-shirt weather. It's going to rain a little bit and then it's just going to get warm now in February. So it'll be great because you know, global warming. So, uh, check out our friends and our sponsors down in the description below and, uh, be on the lookout. I've got some guest announcements coming soon. Like I said, I'm trying to get freaking Carlos at the 280 plus podcast over here, uh, in this seat again. He needs to come back. I think he owes me one, right? And we got to figure out what we're doing with Recap and Record this year. Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragons coming back. So be on the lookout for that. If you need a website or any social media marketing or management uh, done for your small business or personal brand, check out pixelandhammer.com for all of your online resources, digital marketing needs, and website design services. Uh, someone standing by to either take your call or answer your email now. Uh, and of course, if you're getting married and you love your, uh, your spouse and you want it to be the best day of your life and you need DJ photo video or photo booth services for your wedding or event, you don't even got to be getting married. Could just be a fun, fun time weekend with your friends or a birthday party or a corporate event or a gala or an adult prom or a high school prom or a homecoming or whatever your planning sparks entertainment has your back with our all-inclusive dj and lighting packages our all digital photo booth and our photography and videography packages uh that uh will suit anyone's budget and needs sparks entertainment is your source for that ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for watching this has been another episode of the what are we doing podcast my name is levi mccurdy peace out everybody
is the What Are We Doing podcast.